Coming up on This Week in Games, Nintendo delights with the surprise Nintendo Direct, the White House meeting ends up as pointless as it sounded to begin with, and a former retail giant passes away. Coming up This Week in Games. Hey everyone, welcome to This Week in Games. I'm Eric McConnell and I'll be breaking down the news this week in the game industry. Alright, let's begin with the biggest news of the week. We have Nintendo Direct. So, Nintendo dropped a bomb this week with its first full-length Nintendo Direct of 2018. Nintendo Directs are online presentations produced by Nintendo where basically they just go over upcoming titles and franchise information and any console updates. So there are a number of giant drops this week. So starting out, we have Super Smash Bros. for the Switch. Nintendo confirmed this will be released in 2018, and the trailer featured newcomers from Splatoon. Now, if I have to think about top console sellers for Nintendo, I would say Super Smash Bros. is up there, if not higher than The Legend of Zelda. This might be Nintendo's number one console seller. It's kind of like the sweeper, where after a console's been out for a year or two, they release Smash Brothers, and anyone on the fence just goes, uh, okay, and then they buy a Nintendo Switch or Wii U or Wii or whatever. And I'll be one of those people, because I haven't picked up a Switch yet, so you got me, Nintendo. Here's my money. Um, Next up, we have Splatoon 2 DLCs. It's a story DLC, and I don't even know what the story is in Splatoon 2, so I'm not even going to pretend to comment on this. Um, We have a Dark Souls Amiibo for the Dark Souls Remastered. Amiibos are little action figures or figurines that interact with Nintendo games. Um, Next, we have Mario Tennis for the Switch. Love Mario Tennis. Been a fan since the Nintendo 64 game. And we have Octopath Traveler. Octopath Traveler is a strangely new IP from Square Enix with a very heavy retro graphics feel to it. Be interesting to see how this game ends up, whether it's like Square Enix bringing its A game, B game, or its uh, Kingdom Hearts 8th expansion game. So <laughs> we'll have to wait and see on that. And finally, an amazing franchise is getting a new installment, No More Heroes, for the Switch. And they showed off first gameplay footage of the new No More Heroes for the Switch. So, with uh, interesting enough, this presentation was, outside of what I just mentioned, very heavy on ports. But it was surprising because it still lit the internet on fire with excitement. And it's really amazing to me because these Nintendo Directs have pretty much been the same thing like clockwork. Um, like I said previously with Super Smash Brothers releasing one to two years after a console launch, it's the same thing with Nintendo, same game plan pretty much since the Wii, maybe even GameCube. And it's amazing how like Nintendo's now, once again, the darling of the industry, when during the Wii and Wii U, they were pretty hated and laughed at for being super casual. Now <laughs> the press and everyone is going crazy over Nintendo releasing a bunch of 3DS and mobile game ports to the Switch. So really interesting, and it speaks highly to the state of the current console generation and that we're in a desert of content. For consoles, meaning there's less and less AAA developers. AAA games are taking longer and longer to develop. We don't have smash hits coming out every month, you know, and so 
if Nintendo can line up a bunch of, you know, B titles, AA, A titles, and then have one Smash hit to cap note that presentation off with, like Smash Brothers, then people go crazy because, you know, it's content and Xbox isn't doing the same. I think Nintendo right now is actually sitting at number two. I think they, they're they about to or just surpass Xbox One and console sales. And frankly, they're probably closing in on Sony. And it's just an amazing 180 on their part to go from basically being the laughingstock of the last generation to once again the kind of like underdog darling that people you know, think Nintendo's innovative and amazing and what, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, we'll have to wait and see, but really excited about Smash Brothers and Mario Tennis. Next up, the infamous White House meeting with President Trump over violence in video games happened this week. I wouldn't even say infamous. I would say very standard scapegoating of video games um, as one of the kind of things that attribute it to a shooting in school, even though video games have been proven over and over again to have nothing to do with real-world violence. But let's scapegoat them anyways because we don't have enough lobbyists compared to the other factors that could be the cause of it. So this meeting happened. Um, It was mainly a lot of game industry execs, President Trump, and then a few congressmen and senators and so on and so on. So let's go over people who were at the meeting. We have people from the ESA, that's the Entertainment Software Association. That's kind of the industry association for the game industry. People from the ESRB, the Entertainment Software Rating Board. Those are the people who give, you know, teen, mature, everyone. They give the ratings for video games. We had Take-Two Interactive representatives. They're the publisher of Rockstar Games, who makes Grand Theft Auto. Bethesda's parent company, ZeniMax Media, and the board of directors of ZeniMax Media, ironically enough, has Robert S. Trump on it. Um, They're known for Elder Scrolls and Fallout. Then we had Senator Marco Rubio, who's known for getting stomped on stage by Republican candidate Donald Trump. We have the Media Research Center founder, L. Brent Bozel, and that's a terrible lobbyist group. That's a conservative lobbyist group to put blame on, you know, basically anyone but whoever conservatives are backing at that time. Then we have the Parent Television Council Program Director, Melissa Henson, another biased lobbyist group. And then we there's a few other players there, a few congressmen or congresswomen, um, and so on and so on. Yeah, so interesting enough, the only thing that came out of this was the White House make a, made a laughable uh, cut it, edit it, highlight reel of violence in video games of the last 15 years. And it's just pretty funny because I think if anyone's subject to a cut, edit it, highlight reel, it would be our current sitting president, Donald Trump, who's said crazy things just in the last year. So it's pretty funny to see them dig up 15 years worth of video game violence and frankly, they didn't even bring up that that violent of games. I didn't see one Manhunt or Manhunt 2 highlight in there, which I'm very disappointed because that's kind of the go-to game for scapegoating video games. 
But uh, yeah, they they made a highlight reel, but nothing significant's coming from this. It was, like I said last time, mainly a kind of like a dog and pony show. Kind of, hey, look, we're having a meeting. We're really addressing this. We need to leave no stone unturned, so on and so on. But yeah, it happened. Nothing's going to come from it. And we're all moving on. So in a Saturn news of the week, we have former GameStop CEO Paul Raines dies at 53. Raines joined GameStop in 2008 as the COO and became CEO in 2010. And he stepped down last November for health reasons. That was November 2016. And then it came out, Raines had been treated for cancerous brain tumor in 2014. And... I don't have confirmation, but we have to assume that's probably what took his life. And 53 is pretty young, and it's pretty sad to see someone who kind of reached CEO of the largest retailer in video games in North America and uh, had to step down and ultimately passed away. So very sad to lose someone in the industry, especially someone of his stature, and um, you'll be missed. All right, let's fly through the news of the week. We have Warner Brothers Interactive joins EA Origin Access. So Origin Access is EA's all-you-can-play, quote-unquote, that's their words, not mine, all-you-can-play subscription game service. So basically you pay monthly, and then you can play all the games you want. Um, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment is adding the Batman Arkham Trilogy and Lego Batman 1 through 3 to EA's Origin Access, and they plan on adding more as time moves on. So right now, Origin Origin Access subscriptions are $5 a month or $30 a year. Um, I think this is, along with, you know, I harp on the great AR Gold Rush. I think this is the next Gold Rush that's also going to happen parallel to the AR Gold Rush. And that's content aggregation, as we've seen in music with Spotify, with movies and television, with Netflix, we're going to see someone come out and emerge as the big, great content aggregator for video games. So it's pretty interesting to see Warner Brothers immediately team up for EA this early. But, you know, it's still early. Um, I don't even think this is the way to go. This, I think really you're going to get the streaming service that does cloud gaming and subscription, meaning let's say EA Origin Access, but you don't even have to download the games. You're just streaming the video to you, and you're streaming the inputs from the controller back to their servers and so on. So we'll see. Um, Pretty interesting, though, to see these shakeups happen this early. Next up, we have BitGuild announcing they're going to do something, 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 blah, blah, blockchain. And the reason I'm not even going to go into it because... I mean, how many of these blockchain and video game stories do we have to go over? Basically, BitGuild is a platform. They want to leverage blockchain to give players ownership of digital items and games, giving them possession even after the online game shuts down. I assume just this means, you know, maybe keeping a ledger and assigning like unique hashes to player ownership of items. So maybe if some rare sword drops in a RPG, you officially own it. And the ledger says you own it even after the game goes away. Frankly, I can't tell if these people are really idealistic and excited about blockchain or if they just want to raise a bunch of money and run. And either way, this gets filed under that 
sure, that's nice. Let's move on. Um, next up, we have Congregate launching an online game platform. So Congregate is a publisher and aggregator of small browser-based games, and they have a browser store. But they want to compete with Steam and make a desktop online game store. Things that they're going to compete with Steam on is that they have no upload fee, and they support models that Steam currently doesn't support, like pay-what-you-want-purchase model or advertise-supported game model. Um, The store is Congregate's next evolution from their browser-based store. However... Once you get people using a desktop store, they're probably just going to be wondering why they're not using Steam to begin with. So could go either way for you, Congregate. Um, also, I think Congregate's main selling point is it's easy to access. The fact that you're just accessing a store in your browser and then playing the game immediately. If I have to think of Congregate's like age demographic and who's playing Congregate games, I can't imagine... They're going to be interested in downloading a full-fledged store application and then downloading games from that application. But like I say, with everything, we'll just see what happens. And finally, Starbreeze partners with a VR park. First of all, interesting news of the week. I didn't know VR parks exist, but VR parks are where you go and experience various VR, um, I guess, interactions, VR, like... Think about like you're sitting in a chair, you put on VR goggles, and the goggles are you and a fighter pilot, and now the chair lifts off and shakes and goes upside down, and you're seeing kind of like dogfighting in the air from your VR goggles. So Starbreeze is hooking up with the largest mall in the entire world, or no, sorry, the most visited mall in the entire world. That's the Dubai Mall, and in the Dubai Mall, there's a MR. Immer Entertainment VR Park, and they've tapped the Swedish developer Starbreeze for four VR projects. This is awesome. I'd love to visit the VR park, but I will say the same thing about this, what I said about VR arcades, and that's I don't really think it's appealing to have sweaty, very used equipment that you're going to be putting over your eyes and head. So, yep, hopefully they'll keep it clean. I have faith in them. I have no clue. I have no clue who these people are, but I'm sure they're going to keep their equipment clean. And if you're in Dubai and you visit the VR park, send me an email and tell me how it is. Next up, let's get to business news. And starting off, the most ridiculous business news of the week, Magic Leap raises another $461 million. Why not? Um, Magic Leap is kind of has been touted about god i want to say since 2011 2012 maybe is when i first saw it 2012 probably magic leap is kind of like a must-see to believe ar device and platform however they they haven't let that many people see it to believe it so it's kind of just word of mouth at this point um they've released videos but the videos they release are kind of just like cg composites so I don't know how true to form the videos really are. Anyways, Magic Leap is kind of like the AR darling at this point. You know, we had Google Glass, we had Microsoft Magic or HoloLens, but once those both were released, they were people were like, oh, this is cool. However, I won't use it all the time. So Magic Leap, maybe that's a good thing that they haven't released it to the wide public, so it can still be mysterious and they can still raise 
461 million dollars previous fundraising rounds magic leap has raised 502 million dollars 827 million dollars and 794 million dollars so this is actually chump change compared to other rounds of funding i don't even know what they're doing with that amount of money but i guess we'll see um and clearly whatever they're showing behind closed doors warrants this type of fundraising so i'm excited to see hopefully this year what they release next up hq trivia raises 15 million dollars so following magic leap we now have to really question what people are investing in because hq trivia borderline has no product so what hq trivia is it's an app on android ios and it's live trivia hosted by a live host that streams you know the visuals and they do trivia by daily and give out actual real money cash prizes i think it's two thousand five hundred dollars for each during the week trivia contest and it's split between the winners it was created by a former vine founder and frankly from what i understand the app makes zero revenue and is probably evaluated purely based on viewership so HQ Trivia raises $15 million on an evaluation of $100 million. $100 million comes from, I don't know, maybe the fact that they get a million viewers for like the afternoon and evening weekday trivia. But is that really worth $100 million when you have no way of making revenue? They haven't even started ads yet because they're probably too afraid to see what the effect ads have on their viewership. So... I don't really know where this company goes from here, but I'm starting to see a lot of clones pop up in the app store. So congrats, HQ Trivia. You started yet another copycat game. And uh, congrats on your $15 million at $100 million evaluation. All right, rounding out the business news, we have Battlecry Studios officially becomes Bethesda Games Austin. Battlecry Studios was a studio formed to create a game well, a game called Battlecry. That game was shelled probably because it was competing in the MOBA space and no one wants to compete in that space anymore. And Battlecry was tapped by Bethesda to work on kind of like play support on id Software's Doom. And I guess Bethesda liked it enough, so now it's officially Bethesda Game Studios Austin. Next up, PopCap co-founder starts a board game company, Jason Kapalka forms Forbidding Games. Um, he was the co-founder of PopCat. PopCat's famous for Bejeweled, Peggle, and Plants vs. Zombies, and famously got sold to EA at an extremely inflated value. I'd say good luck to Jason, and I think you'll find the margins in physical games to be much more difficult than the ones in mobile games. But follow your passion, and I'm sure to check out whatever you guys release, because I love board games. Next up, Double Jump acquires Tiny Mob. And Double Jump says, more acquisitions are to come. This is a Canadian publisher. They publish very generic games. Tiny Mob makes very generic games. It makes sense. And let's go on to people news really fast. Neil Druckmann is named VP of Naughty Dog. So Neil Druckmann is currently the creative director on The Last of Us 2, and he's now getting promoted to VP. Um, I believe two people below him are getting um, promoted into co-director positions to replace him. Neil Druckmann has been with Naughty Dog since Jack 3 in 2004, so he's probably put in the time. And I've heard him on a few podcasts, I believe. Don't quote me on this. 
but I believe there's a few podcast interviews with him out there. So go check him out. He's a pretty intelligent and interesting guy. All right, rounding out the people news, we have Nir Efrat. He's a former King senior vice president, and he's named president of Dots. Dots is a mobile game developer, and as far as I can tell, they only have one game, which is Dots, and then they have like two other versions of Dots. And I guess it it's they have something coming down to pipe to warrant hiring the SVP of King, and those SVP titles probably come with a hefty uh, price tag so we'll see what they tap him to run and manage because I don't think dots is enough to sustain that kind of talent all right bad news of the week game loft closes their Madrid studio so this comes right after if you remember game loft closed their Nor Narlands sorry I try to say it New Orleans studio in February and since 2015 game loft has basically shut down five other studios around the world and it's a pretty bad sign for Gameloft and once again I have to say it hope everyone in Madrid finds new jobs out there and it's always sad to see someone lose their job all right rounding it up we have this week in my gaming and god I swear I had on my list to play these indie games and I get home and I fire up my PC or PS4, and something subconsciously takes over me and clicks on Monster Hunter World and makes me play it for hours on end. So I'm sorry, guys, but actually I've accomplished 99% of the game at this point. So next week, I promise, I promise no more Monster Hunter World updates. None, okay? I'm going to have a new game to talk about, and I'll <laughs> cover that in this week in my gaming. But until then, I'm Eric McConnell. And I'll see you guys next week. Bye.